Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. All right, Sarah, what do we know about Remington Steel? To be honest, I am not sure if I ever saw any of it on TV or not. Like, I have been aware of it existing as a TV show, but I can't remember if I ever actually caught any of it. Do you do you know if you've ever seen a lick of it? No. I mean, I've seen Pierce Brosnan, who I assume plays Remington Steele. I think that is the character's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, James Bond and, and the sexy centaur and Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I'm sorry, what? He, in Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I do what now? Pierce Brosnan plays a sexy centaur. Uh, with like this flowing is the, hair. Sorry, this is the first I'm hearing about this. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, but like, I, I've seen him in other things and I, I know that it was a uh, sort of a spy show, like maybe kind of a get smart MacGyver kind of mm-hmm. something like late 80s, early 90s, kind of that era, mm-hmm. I want to say. Uh, but like... I definitely was not watching television during the period of time that it was on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it was early for me, too. I, I don't think no. I ever actually caught it just because I was maybe just a skosh too young. Um, but I actually do know a, quite a lot about the, the, the premise. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it I knew because I was aware that it existed and I knew it was a show that Pierce Brosnan was on. It was one of his first things, right? I don't know how much I knew about the plot because now I know the basic plot because there was a podcast that is sadly now defunct called TV Crimes uh, where the hosts would try to watch the worst episode of a TV show Uh and they watched an episode of Remington Steel and I've heard that episode so I know what an episode of Remington Steel kind of looks like and what the premise is. Would you like to know what the premise is or would you like to go in cold? No, I'll I'll go in cold. If 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 you want to sort of go on the record as as saying the the premise, I can leave the room for a minute and No, can... that's okay. I mean, All I'm right. saying like I I want to say that your uh, understanding of it, you're you're right about the general tone. Yeah. But not it it's not a spy show. I'll say oh, that. Oh, it's I guess. not a spy show. Not a spy show. Huh. But but I can see why you would have thought it was a spy show based on what you'd heard about it. Well, it's also that there's that phenomenon where actor I mean, he is, is... he is James Bond. Right. Actor is in thing, like, prior to global stardom. Yeah. Then attains global stardom. And then thing that they were in pre-global stardom gets repackaged to sort of, like, yeah. sell to fans of... I'm sure there were DVD box sets of Remy Steel at one point... That made him look very James Bondish on the cover. Like literally a tuxedo and a Walter PPK with a silencer. <laughs> like I don't Possibly. know if that's ever a thing in that show. Yeah. But like that is the that is literally the the box art of the DVD set that came out. Oh, uh, that's like, hilarious. Around now, the turn of the millennium. And here's the thing: is that from what I know about the show, not like unreasonable. He may have, in fact, worn a tuxedo and had a, a fancy gun with a silencer on it in that show at some point, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not James Bond, you know. Yeah. He's Remington Steele. So I'm now. I'm very. I'm. I'm actually kind of excited now to see what you think of the actual premise, since I 
Part of me wants to say what I think it is because I could be slightly right, off. Right, which is which is why I'm I'm offering to just just take okay, take a sure, moment sure. and like just because I want it on the record for the sure. the discussion and, and everything. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the room. Okay, Sarah. leave the room. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and close and, the door. I'm put your fingers and, in your ears and hum. I'm gonna go eat some cookie dough out of the fridge. Okay. All right, all right, guys. It's just you and me now. So what I understand the plot of Remington's deal to be is that a lady starts a detective agency and finds that no one will take her seriously because a lady detective, don't be absurd. So she makes up a character of Remington Steele, who is her boss, who is like an old school, you know, real flashy detective who uh, has hired her. And then... Pierce Brosnan shows up and he's some sort of con artist who pretends to be Remington Steele and I'm not clear on why she goes along with it. But apparently the premise of the show then becomes like she is trying to be his boss but he is portraying her boss. I don't know why she is okay with that. Um, Or whether they do that weird thing people do on shows like that sometimes where she's just not saying his real name ever and just calls just goes along with calling him Remington or whatever but as I understand it it's like uh, slightly wacky and they have a real will they won't they between the two of them uh, and the tone is very like every time we have a different uh, crime to solve uh, a different mystery and it's the two of them kind of it's a power struggle because she's the actual boss but he's playing the boss and she's the actual detective and he's just a con artist um I'm really excited. I hope that they lean into the con artistry thing because then Strangely will enjoy it more than he even knows. But uh, we'll see. And that's all I have to say about Remington Steele. That's all I have to say about Remington Steele. Okay, it's back. It's good cookie dough. Yeah, definitely chew it on the mic. (laughs) People People love that. People love that. Anyway, so, <clears throat> anyway, so uh, I've told the listeners now what I know, or what I think I know about Remington Steel. Uh, is it time to go and watch that shit? Let's go get pierced. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I get because his name. <laughs> go. <laughs> I, get, I get it. So we just watched Remington Steel, and it yeah. was both very different than I expected and also exactly what I expected. Same here, despite the fact that we both had very different expectations. It There were so many things about it where I was like, oh, oh, it's that. You know, I, I there were so many things that I went, oh, okay, okay, that makes way more sense than what I thought. Or I went, I don't know why thing, and then the show goes, well, because of reason, and I went, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like... You and know, the tone I, is a little more serious. I think it might yeah. get wackier as it goes on. Or maybe it's just that one episode I heard described on that other podcast was an especially wacky episode, which, conveniently, involves cookies. Hey. Thematically linked. To that, what we know. You know, it's it's funny, because, like, sometimes when a person gets cast for, like, some big... Uh, they're the new person taking on the mantle of a storied role. It's, like, fans or whoever is like, what? Like... Heath Ledger getting cast as yeah. the Joker. Like, yeah. none none of his previous body of work screamed, this guy can do this. Yeah. But, like, within 
30 seconds of him being on screen in this, I was like, oh, yeah. I can see what somebody saw yeah. in him and went, James Bond. Well, this episode felt like an audition to be James Bond. Yeah. The title of the episode is License to Steal. Also, fun fact, we figured out that every episode of the show, as far as we can tell, contains a pun on the word steal. Uh, also, he introduces himself for the very first time on an, under an, a different assumed name. Yeah. He goes, Pearson. Ben Pearson. Like, and also... <laughs> there's so many moments where he's just, like, bonding it the hell up years, yeah. years before. And he has such a baby face. I don't think I'd quite processed how many years this was before he became it's bond it, yeah th- so this was over 82 82 to 87 the show ran yeah and bond was 95 was golden eye so 96 yeah, yeah. So I, i'm not what, up on my bonds but i he he yeah, was the well after this show he was the bond he was bond in the period of time when i think like most like assigned male at birth people are deeply into bond yeah appropriately which is like ages like 11 to 15. Yeah. Pierce was Bond. Yeah. And then by the time Daniel came around, I was like, I'm over Bond. But then it was like weird art house Bond. So I was into Bond again. It was yeah. it was very calculated Perfect. to my development <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Perfect. Honestly, when I think about the Pierce Brosnan in this show, the Pierce Brosnan who was James Bond and the Pierce Brosnan we have now, I'm like, he has been three entirely different kinds of hot in his life. Yeah. It's amazing. He's way more like baby-faced and sort of, like, pretty in this. Uh-huh. I get, oh, it's hard to explain because he's certainly pretty as James Bond. I think a lot of people complained but, that he was too pretty. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't that one of one of the complaints about him as James Bond, that he was, like, he didn't look tough enough? He I looked too guess. pretty? Anyway, I feel like... I don't know. That's too... a disarming quality all in itself. Oh, like, disarming. It's right there in the disarmingly okay. handsome. Yeah. Right there. He just handsomes at people and they drop their guns. Oops. Anyway, so shall we get into, uh, oh, shall we? Let's address what, what we actually got right. So I thought Spy Show, and while it's not specifically a spy show, at least from this first episode, tonally, there's a lot of like swanning around in fancy hotels, wearing tuxedos, like holding cocktails, like mistaken identities and, and hidden well, agendas and all that. Like, in the beginning of the episode, yeah. he is pretending to be a secret agent. Yeah. Like, it was more spy show than I expected. Yeah. I don't think it's that in the rest of the show. I think that's mostly kind of the setup in the pilot. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, strangely, <laughs> I was telling him, oh, it's not a spy show at all. And then it was a little bit. Yeah. And it, it had more of the spy show tone. I was expecting more of a detective procedural you know thing and i i just i said he was a con man Mm -hmm. but honestly in the pilot they don't actually establish exactly what his game is he gives you like six different motivations for why he's trying to get the diamonds yeah but it's never established if any of them are even remotely true well it's it's pretty much established that they're all untrue yeah i I guess what i'm saying is like he he, every one of them he, is debunked as a yeah. complete lie. So we still don't know exactly what his game was, except that he was there to get the diamonds. Yeah. That, or ju- gems. I don't think they weren't diamonds. They were something else, something even more rare than diamonds or something like that. So I think I was a little bit wrong about. Oh, I thought Remington Steele was more that the persona of Remington Steele was established more as this like kind of old school detective. Mm-hmm. 
But she doesn't really say that much about Remington Steele in the episode. It's, right. She, she's purposefully somewhat vague about Mr. Steele and his whereabouts and who he is and what kind of person he is. And I gotta say, like, at least, like, for the, for the time period, this kind of, like, battle of the sexes, workplace shenanigans show... I was not expect like as soon as I realized what the premise was because like in the in the there's like an opening credits thing and she's like no one would take me seriously as a woman so I created this man I was yeah. like I am not gonna enjoy this this is gonna be so many like eight hundred miles of uncomfortable road that we're gonna have to walk really to, to do this just I just I didn't trust the era and a network television show to have produced something as charmingly delightful as this ended up being I guess yeah. is what I'm saying like. I thought it was there was going to be a lot of just like really uncomfortable shit. I going also expected down. there to be more cringe moments yeah. for sure. And yeah, it, it was not cringy. No. So, uh, we do we have a one sentence synopsis? Oh, I didn't write one down, but uh, do you want to wing it? Yeah, I'll wing it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna wing it. Uh, oh, I I'll admit to this on air. I don't remember uh, her name. Lauren. Lauren. L- Laura. 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 Laura or N, not E. Laura, I'm confident about that. Did Lauren you, Holt. Laura Holt. Laura Holt. Laura so Holt. Played by Stephanie Zimbalist. What a last name. Oh, that's a, yeah, that Zimbalist. I, it's, I've never heard that last name before, and it's certainly memorable. Ah. Uh, so, Laura Holt is a crack private investigator who has worked her butt off to be a private investigator. Unfortunately, she can't get the big name clients and cases that she wants because people won't take her seriously because, surprise, she's a lady. But she's a very resourceful one, so she creates an alter ego, Remington Steele, who she says is her boss and that she works for, and she has the Remington Steele Detective Agency, which does cases. Unfortunately, in this inaugural episode, she encounters a client who insists on meeting Remington Steele in person, and it throws everything into difficulty, but out of nowhere, a delightful con man, there's, this is still one sentence. Yeah. That was parenthetical. Yeah. A, out of nowhere, a delightful con man played by Pierce Brosnan appears and falls ass backwards into the role of Remington Steele, providing a sort of cover and allowing her to maintain the charade that there's a... a actual detective named Remington Steele who is her boss. It's, 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 it's basically clueless. It's it's clueless is what it is. It's it's the it's clueless. How is this clueless? Isn't that or, oh, without a clue? Is that what it's called? There's a film where uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes <laughs> like, doesn't I'm know sorry, shit. I'm sorry, this is not Emma. <laughs> no, there's a there's a there's a film where Sherlock Holmes is like an idiot, and John oh, Watson is actually the guy who's yeah. without a clue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, Shit, I can't believe that's amazing. It's without a clue. Which yeah. I I yes. am technically clueless. Yeah, also without a clue. Very different film. <laughs> I was just being uh, I was being uh, succinct. Yeah. But yeah, th- that's the that yes. I could have just said it's it's without a clue, but with a lady detective. Yeah. So yes, very very similar premise to that Period. film, which many people have not seen. So, <laughs> anywho, uh, well done. Thank you. This definitely, this one definitely requires an explanation of premise for sure. But I'm gonna need some shit explained. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into this uh, pilot recap. But before we do, let's address that apparently the second aired episode of this show was the actual pilot, mm-hmm. 
uh, which had them already working together. And presumably the network said, oh, we like this, but um, shoot a new first episode that shows how they met. Yes. And unfortunately, because we try to go into these pretty blind, we ended up watching the first episode instead of the pilot. But we're fine with it. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, in terms of sort of evaluating the, how you tell the first story and the beginning of stories and things like this, this was America's first look at Remington Steel. Exactly, yeah. And it, it's fine that it's ours because this is doing a lot of the things that we like in pilots, you know, introducing the characters yeah. and whatever. And it's a it's a charming introduction, yeah. so I'm fine with it. Yeah, and this, this podcast has always been more about watching the beginning of the show, which is often the pilot, but mm-hmm. rather than trying to specifically watch pilots, you know. We, I think there's been at least one other show where, oh, and we did NCIS, and they had mm-hmm. a backdoor pilot in another There show. was an episode Jag. of JAG. It was like season nine of JAG was an NCIS backdoor pilot. Yeah. So. So anyway, addressed. Now, moving on. <laughs> we open with the, the, the synopsis you get in this weird, it's like a weird intro sequence, but it's all f- still images. Yeah, it's like. It shows her. In school, learning to be a detective or whatever, and then it shows her painting Laura Holt investigations on her door, and then like slumped against the desk, staring at the phone which isn't ringing, and then yeah. it shows her going, "Hmm, how do?" And then painting Remings in steel with her hands on her hips, like this will solve the problem. Anyway, it, it it is definitely a weird intro, and also she's doing a very like private detective noir sort of. Yeah. When I became a detective, I thought for sure it'd be bam straight to the moon, but unfortunately. Nobody was ringing my phone. Like, it, it was more, like, noiry than I was expecting. In walked this saucy babe with yeah. legs for days and a chin that could kill. <laughs> a lanky brunette with a wicked jaw. Mmm, there he is. Mmm, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Pierce Brothman, turns out. Once we get past that, we meet Laura Holt. She is setting up security mm-hmm. for this guy who is borrowing... Some very, very famous gemstones. And it's never made perfectly clear why the hell he needs these gemstones. Because he's designed some brand new fancy luxury car. Mm -hmm. And he's doing this party where he's going to unveil the luxury car. There's a a banner in the background that says, Rare gems for a rare car or something. And it's never clear. It's just a publicity stunt, as far as I can tell. Yeah. But, But no, we never see these gems also. It's, we never get to see them. Yeah, which it's, I, I kind of enjoyed. Like, it was just like, the gems were, were not important, Not actually. important. Yeah. So uh, I was happy that we did get to see the car, though. I was worried we weren't going to get to see the car it either. It was a bit un- uh, anticlimactic, though. It just looked like a kind of a weird like, Batmobile-y thing. Well, clearly, that's what everyone else thought. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. She's setting up the security, and the guy is a little twitchy, and he's like, Look, if, if these gems get stolen, I'm on the hook for $1.3 And guess what? I don't get 1.3 million. I want to know Mr. Steele is on the job. And she's being very like, I understand. He's very involved in this case from a distance. He's just busy with other things and can't be present right now. He prefers not to involve himself on the ground level. Like, she's clearly answered all these questions before, but the guy's still like, I don't know about this. I want to meet Steele. So she then goes back to her office. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile... We've seen uh, Pierce Brosnan is taking pictures of the whole operation from a distance. Yeah, he's he's like getting the lay of the land, and and he has figured out that she's doing like a little 
little shell game with what vehicle is transporting the diamonds, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the whole point is they've got this armored car and guards and the whole nine yards. That was hey, unintentional. No, that was great, though. Thank you. And Five points. Meanwhile, if anybody tries to hit the armored car to steal the gems, the gems are actually going to be transported in a very unassuming like laundry truck or yes. something like that and brought into the building through the back. So it's all... She describes it as, it's like magic tricks. She does this whole, the audience looks over here and waves her hand, but the gems are over here. She, meanwhile, she's wearing a freaking fedora. Like, yeah. they're really leaning into the, the noir thing pretty hard, at least in this pilot. And there's a lot of that, like, 80s noir revival stuff happening in this mm-hmm. that I just love. Like, there's a lot of ridiculously massive fedoras and not big shoulder pads. I guess 82, would, we wouldn't have the big 80s shoulder pads yet. Like, the suits, oh, even yeah. the suits that the gents are wearing are, like, much more of uh, in keeping with, like, some of you'd assume, like, like 40s, 50s, almost. Yeah, I didn't notice that, but I think, yeah, you might be right. They were going for that with the clothing as the, well. The really wide, rounded lapels, not the big, pointy lapels like we think of in the 70s. Like, yeah. the ties are very reserved. Like, it, yeah. it's a it's a gorgeous-looking, like, costuming in this show. That's funny. I absolutely didn't notice it, and I love that you did. Um, so she goes back to her office and we meet, she's got a secretary, uh, Miss Fox and her second in command, who was the, um, Murphy, mm-hmm. who's a guy and he was, uh, he was doing the laundry, he was running the laundry He was running the laundry part of the, of the switcheroo. So they're arguing about like, look, we've got to just call this off because the guy is insisting on meeting Mr. Steele. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the guy actually said like it's off if I don't get to meet Mr. Steele. And Murphy tries to go, we'll tell Mr. Steele that's how you, what you've decided and we'll bill you for the services rendered to this point. And she goes, let me call Mr. Steele and yeah. see how he wants to proceed. And Murphy's looking at her like what are you doing? It's kind of implied that he helped her start this detective agency. He was kind of with her from the ground up. Because he says, look, when we decided to do this, we always said, if someone insisted on meeting Mr. Steele, we'd we'd cut and run, you know? And she's like, this is too good an opportunity. It's going to, there's a ton of publicity around this car reveal. And that'll be good publicity for the the company. Like, they kind of implied the company was a little bit in the red. And they really needed this job and this publicity. So she's like, maybe we can work something out. We'll tell him he's there, but we'll do a little bit of the same switcheroo we're doing with the gems. He will, 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 will be mentioning Mr. Steele. We'll have a room for him at the hotel, but he'll just always miss him. And both uh, Miss Fox, the secretary, and Murphy are both like, this is never going to work. And Laura's like, he just has to believe. Yeah, I mean, it's like sitcom level shenanigans that she thinks she's going to pull. Yeah, it's yeah. It's delightful. Uh. Which did, for a moment, make me go, oh, please tell me we're not going to have, like, a, the, the, the dinner at the end of Mrs. Doubtfire type scene. Speaking of Pierce Brosnan, uh, I was like, please tell me we don't have a scene where someone is running from room to room putting yeah. on a wig and glasses or something like that. Because I just always hated that trope. It's so insane. But, spoiler alert, it does not happen. Whew! So, she convinces them to go along with it. So the, the conversation is almost interrupted by a knock at the door and Pierce Brosnan comes in and he's like, hello, 
I am a special agent from South Africa who is here to recover the diamonds because the diamonds were actually stolen and they've been going from country to country in the hands of the people who stole them. Like the, the, these thieves are profiting off of them. Yeah. And I'm a secret agent from South Africa who he does not have a South African accent. He's he's barely doing a different accent from how he speaks later yeah. once the jig is up. He is barely speaking differently and it's definitely not South African. And they're like, what's your name? And he's like, Pearson. And I just lost it because I was like, <laughs> Ben Pearson. Yeah. That is too close to your actual name, <laughs> but whatever. Like I, it was just, it was funny to me. Uh, the, 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 the secretary Fox is like, Ooh, like checking him out immediately. Can I make you some tea, coffee or perhaps tea? I half expect her to say, Coffee, tea, me. It's like very much in that way. Yeah. Uh, and he is basically like, I'm trying to recover the diamonds. Like, Oh, he introduces can... himself to yeah. Murphy, Mr. Steel. And yeah. Laura's like, I'm actually in freaking, you know, she's like, yeah, Mr. Uh, Steel, Mr. Is Steel isn't here. here. Yeah. And he goes, boy, this place is lousy with secretaries or something yeah. more British than that. And she's like, as a matter of fact, I'm in charge, you dick. Anyway. So he's like, she's he's, the dick. Yeah. She, he's not won any points with her to no, start. No. Uh, but then he's like, you can, you know, check my references. I'm this guy. Like, I'm trying to recover these stolen diamonds. Like, no. and you will just do me a solid if you keep the diamonds safe and maybe let me in on the plans. Like, we're working on extradition. I just don't want anyone else to steal them kind yeah. of deal. Yeah, so I just want to work with you guys. And so they're like, okay, we'll look up your references. Yeah. Whatevs. We're kind of keeping you at bay, but we're not... But we're... Open yeah. to potentially this this being a thing, and he I mean he's Pierce Brosnan so he's very like smooth and charming and like yeah he is obviously a character who's on the wrong side of the law mm-hmm. but nothing about his demeanor or his mannerisms or anything like that implies that he's evil like he's right. very he's just so charming that like there's a few leaps <laughs> in logic of when people trust him at yeah. certain points through the show and I'm like definitely eh. but at the same time it's like but yeah yeah like it's fine. There's a nice moment at the beginning when he's taking photos of the whole operation. He's pretending to take photos of a woman and her kids mm-hmm. as if they're his family. And then once he's done taking the pictures, he says, thanks so much. And he hands her some money and she goes, hey, for another 50, you can keep the kids. <laughs> but it's cool. She's kind of like joking with yeah, him and she's, yeah. she is not creeped out by this guy. Somehow he has convinced her it's not weird that he wants to pay her money to take some pictures of her kids. Like yeah, yeah. it kind of sets you up for... He's not hurting nobody. You know, right. he paid her off, you know, right. and, and she was kind of like, okay, cool. This guy's not weird at all. He's got a heart of gold. And an amazing shirt in that first scene. Some Ooh. kind of embroidery yeah. on it. It was a weird shirt for such a brief scene. Anywho, at some point around here, he is approached by two other gentlemen. Approached? Attacked? Yeah, that's he, true. He, he goes to his hotel room and he opens the door and then immediately jumps out and slams it shut. And it's it's Pierce Brosnan, so like the look on his face is not shit. The look is like, oh dear, <laughs> and <laughs> a knife like stabs out the door. Like a kind of a small like, narrow a, yeah. blade to go fully through a hotel room door, yeah. but okay, pretty shitty hotel, I guess. So he goes inside and tries to fight the guy, and then but he has an another guy jumps him. Yeah. And they, they rough him up, but then he's like, whoa, whoa, like, we, you know, you're trying to steal the diamonds, like, I'm trying to steal the diamonds, and they're like, you keep getting there ahead of us, and he's like, well, maybe we should join forces. <laughs>
they, for some reason, agree to kind of hang back and let him do his work with the understanding that once he's done, they're going to swoop in yeah. and take the gems from him. Or he's going to split the gems with them. There's, There's going to be something. Yeah. We cut to Laura is out for dinner. Like, she's she's having dinner at a fancy place. Or is she oh, at the I think she's, hotel she's bar? Meeting. She's meeting. She's at a bar and she's going to meet somebody, I right. think. And then a bottle of champagne shows up and she says, I didn't order this. And the, the gentleman wanted to buy you a drink. And she goes, well, I don't want the drink. And is interrupted by the waiter opening the bottle. And I'm like, rude. The lady is saying she doesn't want it. Like, how about you listen to her? bag but the gentleman in question is Pearson yeah we'll call him Pearson for now Bras Pearson Bras Pearson Pearson Brosnan Pearson Bronson Pinchot wait <laughs> anyway it's him yeah it's the guy he swans over and flirts with her and she's sort of like I don't know about you, but I'm also into it this scene is pure like old school bond because he's yeah. like she's like are you always this forward and he goes only when I'm aroused by curiosity. Like, yeah. it's just oh, like... Oh, God, it was like... Hot, it's like wah, that. Wah. It's like, these aren't even Bond Mots. These are just Mots. Like, yeah. <laughs> these, are, these aren't even double entendres. These are fairly single are in the entendre department. <laughs> these are just double tondras. I don't know. They're just... They're, they're tondering. They're tondras. We'll get there. They're on... I already did it! They're single entendres. I already made the joke, strangely. What, you think just because I'm a woman I can't make a joke without your help? I would have believed it more if you told me a man wrote it for you. Fuck you. (laughs) Anywho. Oh, shit. So then when she leaves, uh, the two uh, thugs Mm -hmm. come up to Pierce uh, and, you know, gun knife in his back. Uh, not not stabbing him, but kind of holding it up. And they're like, hey, where do you think you're going or something? He's like, hey, I thought we were working together. I gotta follow this lady. Trust me. Gives them his keys. Weird moment where he offers the keys to one guy and that guy points at the other guy and he gives it to the other guy. It doesn't play as a comedy bit. It really just plays like what would happen if you offered the keys to someone they're like, oh, I don't actually drive. Yeah. It was such a weird, why Why did they bother? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it was so weird. You You don't see the guys in the car, so it's not like, important which one of them was driving anyway he says here take my car the blue mercedes outside yeah he then walks up to laura and goes would you actually mind giving me a ride and she's getting into her uh limo with the the vanity plate r steel yeah it's this plush not a stretch limo remember how limo is what we call a limo is actually a stretch limousine and a limousine is a whole separate kind of car that's not super long and ridiculous We've just, like, forgotten that. It's just that. a car with, like, a big back seat. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's a, it, a car that is meant to be driven by someone who is riding the owner of the car in the back or whatever. Yeah. And, like, has a driver. Anyway. Has so one she, of those hats. Yes. Yeah. So she's in the back seat with uh, Pierce Brosnan. They're driving. The thugs, I forgot to say, uh, they mentioned something earlier in their conversation with, quote-unquote, Pearson about the fact that they were responsible for murdering a, the courier who stole the gems in the first place. Yeah. So this is kind of established these guys are pretty cutthroat. And uh, Pearson doesn't really want to be working with them. No. So he's uh, kind of flirting with uh, with uh, Laura in the car, saying like, boy, this is an awfully nice car. And she's like, yes, Mr. Steele generously lets me use it when he's out of town. He's like, wow, this Mr. Steele sounds too good to be true. <laughs> 
And and he, she's like, where can I take you? And he's like, I don't know, anywhere where there's, there's a, a lot, lot of, of police. A lot of police cars. And she's like, what do you mean? And he goes, uh, that car behind us, uh, the men driving it murdered the courier who originally stole the gems. So we definitely want to get away from them or whatever. And yeah. he, she has a car phone. <laughs> yeah. 82. Wow. So she, he picks it up and goes... May I? It's a local call. He calls the police and reports his car as being stolen and says where it... Last time I saw it, it was driving and looks at Lauren. She describes what street they're on, heading northbound or whatever. And he says that to the... And it says, oh, thank you so much. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a medication for my grandmother in the back seat. And if I don't get it to her, oh, you're too kind. And then <laughs> she looks at him like, what the fuck? And he goes, everybody needs a little extra incentive. Yeah, he's, he's a very good... Improviser. The character is yeah. a very good improviser. On the scene, Johnny on the spot in the yeah. moment, which yeah. is which is a, a boon for the character. He comes off as extremely smooth, quick on his feet, good at he, good at everything, and also just lucky. But it makes sense that this guy is pulling the wool over Laura's eyes without it making her look foolish. Yeah. So then the cops pull over the blue Mercedes, his car. And they drive away kind of smirking at each other. And she's very clearly like, wow, that was exciting or whatever. Oh, meanwhile, uh, before mentioning the guys that are following them, he says, do you peck a rod? And she goes, you've seen too many movies. I think earlier during their drink in the bar, he said something about, I'm looking for a dick. And she's like, excuse me? And he goes, isn't that what you call yourselves? Private investigators. And she says, only in movies. Like, seriously, dude. Um... They also, during that scene, they definitely take the opportunity for him to ask questions about this Mr. Steele and her to say, you know, nice things about him. She has clearly invented this guy to be awesome because yeah. she wishes to believe. Look, she, she wants there to be a guy who would leave most of his business to a woman. You know? Right. I don't want to start any shit and I, I don't want people to at me, but like this Remington Steele guy is starting to seem like a bit of a Mary Sue. Like... <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't, you know, it's just, just whatever. Yeah, he just doesn't seem like whatever. a realistic character. Yeah, it's just like, he's good at everything and he's super nice and like, he's like. He's super understanding about how she's like actually a good detective even though she's a woman. He's like the best feminist ever or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, let's just build a feminism statue Whatever. Like, uh Hashtag puke. Moving on. <laughs> the next day in the Remington Steel offices, Laura's swooning about I had an amazing night and Miss Fox the uh, she's basically is, like the secretary's like ooh dish tell me all about him she's basically like full on Lois Lane my date with Superman mode like, yeah who is this guy my heart's in the sky Remington Steel you're not the best deal like it's just like <laughs> like I don't know Anyway, meanwhile, Murphy is not impressed, and he's like, I can't believe you're just, this guy seems sketch to me. And they're like, did he, did his story check out or not? And he's like, well, technically, yes, but but he wasn't supposed to arrive till today, so there's at least one thing that doesn't check out. And they're very like, whatever. He's like, she's like, look, if you don't believe him, ask them to wire us a photo. And... This is as good a point as any to to mention Murphy, the the assistant or you know co detect whatever he is in the office, Uh, second in command of detecting. There's not a hint of a whisper of a vibe of him being like, 
a weird, like, friend-zoned, like, sad boy who's, like, mad that there's, like, another dude that she's excited about. Yeah. Which is a really difficult line for the actor and also the, the writing to walk that, like, it would be so easy for him to be, like... He's way too handsome. Like, who is it? Like, he's never... There's no, like, challenging his masculinity or anything like that. He's just concerned that this guy they don't really know is getting in on the inside. Yeah. He's just being a little more reasonable. He's not as swayed by the fact that he's Pierce Brosnan. But there's nothing like, oh, you know, a beautiful man could go to your head, toots. Like, there's none of that kind. And he doesn't... He doesn't... Yeah, he never implies, like, you girls are just just think he's pretty or whatever. He just is like, uh, I just don't think we should believe this guy. Yeah, he's he's a little bit of a wet blanket, but like it kind of seems like that's his role in the established trio. And honestly, nothing he's saying is unreasonable, and the audience knows it. So yeah. I like the guy. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah. I I'm kind of bummed that I don't think he sticks around for the whole show. Boo. Yeah, I just from what I've heard about it, I think they they I think they introduced him because they wanted a, a love triangle, uh-huh. a will they want they triangle, and they just went, eh, just focus on the will they want they. That I like, think like, that's like, what like happens. Like Steel or Pierce Brosnan's character is either into Laura or Hart. Oh, Hart no. Him? No, well, that would be great, but it was eighty two. No, oh. like like she likes both of them, and they both like her. Well, their one scene together was so gay. I even turned to you while we were watching the episode. And I said, "This was so gay." Yeah. When they first, I think it's when they first meet. Yeah, when Remington comes into the office. He walks up too close to Murphy and is like, so who are you? I can't remember what their exchange was, but it did feel incredibly uh, gay. Yeah, it was just like, I was like, I I want that show. It was charged. It was charged. Yes. Hang on, I need to. Yeah, take a breath. (laughs) Because he's a good looking guy too. Yeah, it was. He's no Pierce Brosnan, but he's, uh, you know. The pure, when, when and he's clearly good at his job because, yeah. you know, he and Laura were, were, are working together pretty closely. He knows the truth about Remington Steele, so he's yeah. in on it. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. I don't Sorry. even... Do you want to mention the thing about her saying packing a rod? No, I... I it's I, so I, dumb, I don't even want to mention it. We don't it. need to mention... The, 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 the point... The, there are, like, weird single entendres, as you so aptly put it, yeah. all through this show... And they keep happening, and we don't have time to cover them all. Yes. They keep happening. Yes. She says, I need to start packing. She, she tells Murphy to start packing a rod, and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Which, like, that does not that sound like what you think it... Okay. Anywho, uh, they then go to the hotel to meet mm-hmm. the guy, because like, we got to get back on this case situation. She, he, she tells Miss Fox, the secretary... Page Mr. Steele at the hotel in exactly 27 minutes to maintain the facade that he's there. Yeah. Also, she's got a set of luggage with RS embroidered or whatever on it. It it seems rather expensive. Yeah. For the charade. And she's telling Murphy, go set up the hotel room, put clothes in the closet, make it look like he's actually there, just in case. They're really setting up this facade to try and convince people, in all ways except seeing him with their own eyes, Remington Steele is present. Right. So they're setting this all up. They're setting up a situation for someone like Pearson to just fall back-asswards into. Right. Murphy, all the while, is going, I don't like this, Laura. I think we're going too far. And she goes, just believe in the magic. We're going to make it work. I am convinced for no reason. So they go to the hotel. 
and at the hotel, a woman in a absolutely ridiculous, like, sexy bellhop outfit. Yeah, she is, she is the only thing in this that looks super 80s. But also, I'm like, in the 80s, did they do this? She looks like she's wearing a sexy bellhop costume yeah. from Legs Avenue or some shit. Yeah. It's like a little gold hat and, like, harem sleeves yeah. and of, like, diaphanous teal Tiny little short shorts of like teal with gold trim. Anyway, it's very strange outfit. She's, the She's point. walking around the hotel going, Mr. Steele, Remington Steele, call for Remington Steele. At the same time that Pearson is being approached once more by these thugs and he's trying to get away from them. So he goes, why that's me? And goes up to the phone. But then he doesn't. Yeah, he picks it up and goes, hello. And we see Fox on the other end of the phone being like, what well, the fuck? Hello? What? Wait, this was not supposed to happen. Yeah. They were supposed to say, sorry, we can't find him. And she'll go, oh, I'll call back later. Like, she's like, who? who? And he goes, Miss Wolf? And she goes, Fox. And he goes, I knew it was some sort of primeval creature or something. Primitive weird. creature. Primitive creature. And uh, says, it's not a good time right now. And she's like, what? Like, it, he just has a short conversation yeah. with her. It's very confusing. And then hangs up the phone. I'm, I think it was supposed to be an attempt to get away. Yeah, and then from these guys, he goes out of as the frying pan tell. into the fire because the the client uh, car designer guy heard mm-hmm. him go, "That's me," and kind of was standing at the periphery. So as soon as he hangs up the phone, the the yeah, guy, guy comes, comes over, over and is like, "Mr. Steele, so great to finally meet you." And someone he's like, I want you to meet in the hotel office. Oh, in the security office. Yeah. He goes, "Oh, the security office." Pointedly looks at the thugs. He goes, "That sounds secure," and they don't follow him because yeah. they're. They're trying to be on the down low. So he has successfully gotten away from them. And they go into the hotel security office and the car guy goes, Remington Steele, I'd like you to meet Ben Pearson. He's a secret agent from South of Africa. He just arrived today. And a guy who is roughly the same height and build and hair color as Pierce Brosnan says, hello, I'm also not doing a South African accent. But his was closer. It still uh, wasn't right, but it was closer. A skosh closer. I don't want to give like, too much credit. He, he says, had the... He had the yeah. Yeah. Pleasure, no, pleasure yeah. to meet you, Mr. Steele. I've heard a lot about you or something like that. And Remington Steele, not Remington Steele, is like, uh, Ben Pearson, not Ben Pearson, is like, I, yes, totally. Your you. name precedes you. Yeah, I think he did. Your name precedes you as well, or something along those lines. And he's like, well, unfortunately, uh, we're in danger it seems that someone has been impersonating me. And he goes, oh, the, the cheeky bugger. Do you have a description? And the guy just goes, uh, roughly my height, roughly my hair. And he goes, well, it could be anybody. Even me. Ha <laughs> 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 It's the only moment where he om- almost tips his hand. Yeah. But it just comes off like he's told a bad joke. Yeah. So they have a little tete-a-tete about the guy saying, like, well, I know that Remington Steel Agency has got it all under control. I'm just here to supervise everything and make sure that I can claim the diamonds at the end of this party or whatever (laughs) or something. As the three men are leaving the office, the two Ben Pearsons hang back to have a little chat. Mm Mm-hmm. And the car guy walks forward and then sees Mrs. Uh, uh, Laura Holt mm-hmm. and says, Oh, Miss Holt, glad you could make it. Um, 
so glad that uh, that Mr. Steele is here or something. And she's about to say, yes, unfortunately, he already left for the airport, which was her cover story. And he he's goes, I've like, just spoken to yeah, him. Yeah, but I've just spoken to him. And she's like, you've what? And he's like, yeah, he's right over there with Ben Pearson, a South African secret agent who's here to look for the diamonds and points to the two men. And she sees the two men. Mm-hmm. And thinks, oh yeah, Ben Pearson, Pearson. I've already met him. Who's that other guy? Yeah. But doesn't immediately walk up to them, because then the episode would have been shorter. Ben Pearson puts on his fedora, because everybody wears fedoras in the show, and uh, says something clever and walks away. Then uh, Pierce Brosnan joins them. Nameless Pierce Brosnan, we still don't know what his actual name is, and won't by the end of the episode, and I feel like won't by the end of the show. But he comes up to them and they have a little awkward conversation where he's trying to be two people to two different people. And then car guy walks away and Laura goes, Pearson, I need you to know that man you were speaking to (laughs) is not Remington Steele. And he goes, oh, he's not? And she goes, yeah, I don't know who that guy is, but please don't tell anyone. And he's like, your bi-lips are sealed. So she's now thinking, this other guy is the fake Remington Steele. He's having to play Ben Pearson to her, Remington Steele to the car guy, keep the two thugs at bay. Yeah. It's, uh, he's walked into a bit of a juggling act. Yeah. But I like it because it's, he fell into it. Yeah. I expected him to swan in as like, I'm a con artist and I'm about to fuck up your shit, lady, because now I'm Remington Steele. Instead, he kind of goes like, oops. I am apparently running to steal now. I am sorry. It's a it's a it's a very series of unfortunate events, kind of like one thing leads to another very quickly, and he's suddenly in we almost get the impression he's in over his head a little bit. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Even someone who's a very good con artist or secret agent or whatever, uh, trying to play two different people to two different people who are talking to each other yeah. is definitely a dangerous <laughs> game. While one of the people who is a real person is lurking around. And at that point, he still doesn't know for sure that Remington Steele isn't, the real Remington Steele also, also isn't lurking around. Right. Although he's beginning to suspect. Right, because it's right after this that he goes upstairs. Yeah. Laura has to go to cover, to continue with her story, to go to the airport, I guess. Yeah. And she's like, okay, Bye, I gotta go continue doing this case. And the car guy clearly intends to go with Remington Steele to his room for some reason. I'm not clear on why that happened. Yeah, they... But he just follows the guy. He just goes, he follows the guy's lead. So they get into the elevator and Pierce Brosnan, Chamington Steele, doesn't know which floor sure. he's on. Doesn't know where he's going. Yeah. So he kind of reaches toward the button, but like half-heartedly. And then the car guy's like, oh, I've got that for you. And he pushes the penthouse button. Yeah. So that, it's like this like weird little thing where he gets the guy to... Try. So they yeah. get up to the top and he kind of Goes. walks out onto the floor talking to the guy. And he's like, oh, I've forgotten my key. Oh, well. like tr- He's trying to get I away have, from the yeah, guy. Yeah, I, I forgot my key. And the guy just... There's conveniently a house keeping person and he goes could you please let mr steel into his room he's lost his key and she's immediately like sure i'm like really really you just let anybody into any hotel room they just say this is my room and i lost my key like maybe on the penthouse level you just like don't want to anger the rich guests yeah. or something but I mean, still it, it there's only two like... rooms up there so but still th- yeah. those those guys could be anybody they could be anybody yeah 
I'm just because thinking. One I'm of sorry. them definitely could be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> one of them actually is anybody because we don't know who he is. It reminded me of a very elaborate ruse from an episode of Burn Notice mm-hmm. that Michael pulls off to do the same thing to go. Ah, I lost my key. Could you let me in? But he goes through this very elaborate ruse. He steals a a bathrobe. And, like, goes into the ice room, strips off all his clothes so he's naked under the bathrobe, yeah, yeah. takes a bucket, fills it with ice, and then walks over, pats his pocket, says to the woman, oh, my, could you, my wife inside, she's asleep, I don't want to wake her, could you? And she's like, of course, you're naked under that yeah, robe, yeah. and you have a bucket of ice, yeah. this sells me on the concept. He just goes, this is my room, I'm rich and white, so probably I'm not lying. And she goes, okay. Anyway, things were easier in the 80s. It's so much easier. So he goes into the room, chat. I think he then leaves. I think he leaves the car guy at that point. Yeah, the car guy's like, all right, you're settled in. Yeah. The car guy is like really excited to be buddying up to Remington, Remington Steel. Steel. Yeah, he just wants to be pals with Remington Steel because he's kind of famous at this yeah. point. So he then wanders around this penthouse suite, which is overly set up. It seems like they really went overboard. In making yeah, it Murphy look- is is definitely uh, not skimping on the on the doing. Well, that's the thing. It's like she told him, like put put some of his clothes in the closet and blah blah blah. There are like an entire like that was a lot of shirts for a person to own, much less for them to take on a single trip. Yeah. It was a whole, like, closet that covered a wall of the room, and, like, one half of it was jackets and one half of it was shirts. Like... It was redonk. There, then, and then the entire shelf above is all shoes. I'm like, isn't he only supposed to be in town for, like, one day to oversee this job or something? Like, why is this so much? But anyway, he takes a look at the clothes. He takes a look at the shoes. He goes into the bathroom, looks at... There's a hairbrush on the counter. There's a bottle of cologne. And... He's, None Checking. of this stuff has been used. Yeah. None of it's a scratch, a scuff, yeah. a spare speck one of, of the dandruff. coats. Yeah, one of the coats still has a price tag on it. Uh, there are a couple of shirts still in the package, but both of those are reasonable. Some people can yeah. buy clothes. Um, we're not, we don't know about the him noticing that everything is clean yet. Because w- he's just I, checking everything out. I'm kind of wondering if Murphy maxed out a credit card buying all those clothes and it plans to return them, like, after the ruse is completed. Because it's like... I, yeah, it's a lot. Based on the cost of the suit laying on the bed, we're looking the at like... The tag was $800, an yeah. $800 jacket. Just we're looking jacket. at like $40,000 worth of clo- nice clothes yeah. minimum. The people who did the set dressing just went a little overboard yeah. and didn't think about the fact that they didn't need all of that. So then uh, we go to the fancy car unveiling gala, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess is a thing. And uh, we have... Uh, Laura is there with... Chris Brosnan, <laughs> he's in a tux. She's in a fancy dress, and she's like, "Do you see the guy?" And he's like, "Uh, nope." And she's like, "Wow, when I when's when's he gonna show up? This this guy who's been pretending to be Remington Steele, yeah. which she thinks the real Ben Pearson is." Uh, they sit down at a table. It's like a dinnerous thing. The guy gets up on stage. So thank you everyone for coming here today. But I, you know, it wouldn't we wouldn't be here today without the security provided by the the excellent, amazing, several other adjectives security provided by the Remington Steel Company. And she's like acting very like, oh please, it's too much or whatever. And then the guy goes, uh, but I, it would be remiss of me not to introduce all of you to the person responsible. For all of this, Laura is doing the, uh, it's embarrassing, I wish she'd stop. Meanwhile, <laughs> Brosnan is looking squirrelier and squirrelier, and he says to her, as the guy is ramping up to saying the name of the person he's talking about on stage, 
Brosnan turns to Holt, Lord Holt and says, when you tell this story later, and you will, please be sympathetic or something like that. Please do so with charity and please, kindness. Or yeah, or something like that. And she's like, what are you talking about? And then the guy goes, Remington Steel! And he stands up and she's like, what is happening? And he goes up to stage waving to people like, thank you, thank you, it's too much. And she's like, "Her, you could knock her over with a feather. He gets up on the mic and to his credit, he says, please, please, uh, I can't take credit for this without pointing out the person who's really done all of the work to bring this all to light, the woman behind the man, <laughs> Laura Holt. Stand and bow, Laura. And she stands up, looking like she's going to fucking kill him, and just sits down without bowing. And it, the shot is amazing because it tracks with her. So yeah. the camera rises and falls <laughs> on just the, her face is locked like, in the center of the frame. And it is the most awkward, like, like if looks could get, like, I was uncomfortable watching it. Yeah. It was so good. And it's my favorite shot in the whole episode. Yeah. So then he's like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> and the guy gets back on and goes, and I want to reveal to you all the ridiculously named car. It's like the, the something master 7,000. It's like his name, I think. It's like the... Yeah, it's... it's, it's he's Mr. Hurston or something. It's like it's, the Hurston Speedmaster 6,000. It's, it's an absurd car. Yeah, it's like a Ferrari with three spoilers or something. It's, it yeah. looks stupid. But not funny stupid. Just kind of, oh, oh, that's, I guess that's a fancy car. I don't know what fancy cars actually look like in the 80s, so I can't be totally sure yeah. if this was supposed to look dumb or not. So, uh, Steel, Fake Steel returns to the table. Fake Steel. Uh, damn. I was trying to think of some shitty metal. Aluminum. <laughs> Fake Steel. Tin Foil comes back to the table. Uh, and she's like, angry. She's like, how dare you? I'm gonna kill you. Out loud. Yeah. Despite, that was the only thing I didn't like. I feel like she has spent so much of her life protecting the fact that Remington Steel isn't real. Now that someone has been introduced as Remington Steel in front of a lot of people, you think she would have tried to kind of keep it under wraps and get rid of the guy instead of being like, I am gonna fucking destroy you, you, sh you fraud. Like at full volume practically. He grabs her. She's trying to walk away from him. He grabs her and starts dancing. Because there's dancing happening now for some reason. And she's like, what are, you, what are you doing? And he's like swaying with her. And I'm like, oh no, don't tell me he's going to just sweet talk her into forgiving him. But what he actually does is say... This this uh, boss of yours doesn't seem to ever lose a hank of hair yeah. or a flake of dandruff. And yeah. his shoes don't even seem to have touched the ground. She says, oh, he's very fastidious. Older gentleman, is he? no. Well, he's lucky then. I'm constantly losing hairs in my hairbrush, but his is immaculate. And she's like, fuck. <laughs> and then he basically says, your Remington Steel doesn't exist. So just maybe go along with this for now. Yeah. Maybe I've done you actually a solid because now people will stop wondering if Remington Steel is real or not because they've met me. And then he says, look, here's the truth. I'm not Ben Pearson. That other guy was Ben. I'm trying to get revenge for my brother, who was the courier who yeah. was murdered by the assholes. Yeah, there's these two assholes that, that were following us. When I said they murdered that courier, I was telling the truth. It was my younger brother. I'm just trying to to get revenge uh, on them and get them caught. This is not about stealing the gems. And she's like, I don't know whether to believe you or not. Which, honestly, she should have said, I don't believe you. But, fair enough, he's very convincing. 
And he goes, well, that's understandable, but one way or the other, let's just go along with this for now. Let me pretend to be Remington Steele, and before too long, I'll be completely out of your hair. You can go back to pretending I'm always on vacation. And she's kind of like, I hate you, but okay. I hate you, I hate this. But what you are suggesting is actually quite logical, so fine. Then Murphy and Miss Fox show up. Mm-hmm. And are like, he's not Pearson! We got a photo! And she's like, I fucking know. <laughs> Too late. And they're like, well, then who is that guy? And she's like, look, I don't know for sure. How old was that courier who was murdered? And Bernice is like, I think like 64. And she's like, God damn it. <laughs> Younger brother, my ass. So they're like, we got to go find out who this guy is. They managed to find his actual hotel room. Yes. Somehow. Not clear on how that happened. They find his actual hotel room and start digging through it. Find he's got like six passports in different names. They're finding all kinds of stuff that suggests he's been up to shenanigans. And then they open his hotel room's closet and find a dead Ben Pearson. The real Ben Pearson, Pearson. yeah. Who has been murdered. And they're like, oh no, this guy's a murderer. Murphy wants to call the cops. And Laura says, no, don't call the cops. And Murphy, the reasonable voice again, is like, why the... Why he's a murderer? And she goes, but if we catch him, it's good publicity for us. Like she's, yeah. it's like we, it'll we, save oh, face for yeah. us, and we'll catch this guy. We could be like, it was all a sting. And Murphy's like, ooh, you're the boss. So they go back to the penthouse, and that's where they find fake Remington. Fake Steel. Remington Steel, and looking at some kind of architectural plans or blueprints or something. Something clearly. Heist related. They approach him. They confront him and say, well, you're a murderer. And he's like, I I would never. They're like, well, that courier was 64. And he's like, my older brother. And they're like, whatever. You killed the real Ben Pearson. He's dead in your hotel room. And he's like, damn it. Was he stabbed with a six-inch blade in this exact place with this type of angle? Yeah, through through the third rib or whatever. And they're like, that's shockingly specific information for an innocent person to have. And he's like, no, 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 it's one of those two assholes. It's it's his M.O. He uses the same knife. And they're like, okay. For some reason, they seem to believe him and kind of yeah. go along with it. Oh, damn. I feel like he must have had some other piece of information that convinced him that he wasn't the murderer. No, I also, while watching it, I was like, they jumped in on this really quick. And I know that this is the whimsical con man show thing that yeah. we're, like, we're just supposed to go with it. But they're like, okay. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go down to the lobby and I'm going to get the killers. And you guys are going to move the body yeah. up here. Move the body up here. I'll go get the killers and convince them to come here. You bring the cops here. That way... They get caught for the murder, and it looks like the Remington Steel Agency arranged everything. Yeah. And I, I think that's what really sways Laura. So then he goes downstairs and has them call for Remington Steel in the lobby again, like yeah. loudly announcing his name. And he goes up and picks up the phone. It's like the exact same thing again. The guys come up, they got the knife in his back. He's, he's like, like he's like, all right, all right, I'll we'll go up to my room where I have the all the plans for the the blueprints for yeah. the you can heist it super good. And they're like, take us there. So they go upstairs and he opens the room and they're like, where are the plans? And he points to the closet of the room and the knife guy opens the closet and the body that he put in a closet downstairs is in there. And he's like, ah, I we put we put this we put that guy in his room. How do? And then the cops rush in 
they rush in, they arrest the guys, they find the knife, and he's like, um, Pierce Brosnan is like, I think you'll find this is the murder weapon, and they take the guy, and he's like, I, I thank you, officers, and they're like, are you kidding, Mr. Steele? You're a legend already. Yeah. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. And they shake his hand or whatever, and they cart off the thugs. I think it's at that point he has this heart-to-heart with Laura. And oh, yeah, Murphy, the, the cops all leave, the thugs are gone, they've taken the body, and then there's just the three. Uh-huh. The triangle is left. And Murphy's about to leave, but Laura's kind of hanging back. And he's like, are you okay? And she's like, coy little nod. And he's like, he's just this shy of, okay, bitch, whatever. You want me to leave you alone with this guy? I'm still not convinced isn't a fucking con artist and murderer. Yeah. Fine. I can't tell you what to do. You're a grown up and leaves. And then they end up having this nice little heart to heart where he's like, you know, we got through this and I won't steal the diamonds until yeah. they're out of your jurisdiction. Yeah. She's like, where are you off to next? And he goes, wherever the, the, the gems are off to next, I think San Francisco. And you, I will leave you now. You win because you have proved to people that Remington still exists and you can return to saying yeah. I'm always out of town. And We're squaresies. Yeah. At some point, I don't remember exactly when the scene happens, but at some point... Uh, Laura goes back to the room where the the reveal gala was happening and everybody's gone except for the car designer guy and he's sitting there alone and he's drinking champagne by himself and he's his, like his tie he, is loosened yeah. he is defeated and he's like all these people came and none of them like my car my dreams are crushed and she's like yeah that sucks like I feel for you and they kind of have this, this nice yeah. little moment they had a moment earlier where he describes like look Ever since I was working an assembly line welding car doors, I dreamed of having my name on a car. I went to night school. I averaged three hours of sleep a night so I could learn to make a car and design a car and I mortgaged my house and blah, 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 blah. He's put his entire life on the line here. When he's initially trying to convince her to let him meet Remington Steele and she says, trust me, Mr. Whatever, in my own way, I'm also putting everything on the line here. Uh, because she's already agreed to let him meet Mr. Steele yeah. and is already already knows she's in hot water here. So, so then later when she has the heart-to-heart with him and he's like, no one wanted to invest in my car. I'm sunk. This sucks. Yeah. At the same time, she's found out her fake Remington Steele and everything seems to be going bad for her as well. So they yeah. have this nice little commiseration moment. Yeah, where he says, dreams are garbage. And she's like, you said it, son. Whatever. <laughs> Something along those lines. Uh, they they bump fists. It's, yeah. it's very anachronistic. <laughs> she takes his glass and downs the rest of his yeah. wine. It was a little bit of a like power move. It, was, it seemed like it was supposed to be them bonding. Yeah. So, so then uh, the the whole shenanigans happens. Uh, they fake Remington Seal gets the bad guys. The cops come congratulate him. Yeah. He has the nice heart to heart with Laura, and he's like, "I won't steal the diamonds." And she's no, no, like, no. This okay. isn't heart to heart. This is Remington Steel. I was sorry. <laughs> Heart, heart to Heart was the name of another 80s uh, mystery show. Anyway. So the next morning, everybody's leaving the hotel and it's, it's like, goodbye, going their separate ways. And, and uh, Pierce this... Brosnan and Laura have this nice little moment where they, they kind of see each other like as they get into their car. He gets in a taxi and she's in the, the steel mobile. Yeah. And I think they say, he says something sweet to her or whatever, like, yeah, so. maybe we'll pass... Uh, you know, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday. Oh, we forgot to mention that when they found his passports in his room, 
in his hotel room. All his aliases are Humphrey Bogart characters. Yeah, they're at least the last name are all Humphrey Bogart characters. So we've established that he's obsessed with uh, detective movies, yeah. which obvious because he keeps throwing down ridiculous detective yeah. slang. So that's cute. Anyway, he says something sweet to her. Here's looking at you, kid. Yeah, and then leaves. Also, apparently, I wasn't clear on this until it happened. This was the day they were doing the shenanigan handoff with the gems. Yeah. That was about getting them away from the hotel after the party. Mm-hmm. Or the wherever this party was. Right. Not about getting them there. So, Pierce Brosnan has just said, see you later, and driven off. And then Murphy runs up in his laundryman uniform and, and says, Laura, somebody blindsided me and stole the jewels. And she's like... That mother cut to them speeding after the taxi. He gets, they're at the airport. He gets out of the taxi and tells the driver, no change, and runs in. And Laura and, and Murphy peel up in the steel mobile and jump out. And they're chasing him through and the airport. And they're chasing the airport. And we see a car, Mr. Car Guy Man, creator of Bad Car Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like, oh, Mr. Steele. And they're both standing next to each other. And they're sort and, of like, I think it's like, oh, hello, hello. Yeah, good to see you or whatever. And then Murphy shouts, stop that man. He stole some jewels. And Carman goes fucking fuck and runs. <laughs> Laura. And I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Laura, not quite clocking what is happening, runs up and grabs Pierce Bros's arm and then goes, wait. You didn't steal the jewels? And he goes, Laura, I gave you my word. <laughs> After lying to you every time we spoke for several this days. This guy taking the moral high ground. It was I beautiful. am now shocked that you didn't believe me. Oh, anyway, they then, they have a fun little chase scene using those little uh, yeah. golf cart things they have at airports. Yeah, they're like they're like having a chase through the baggage sorting areas in the back of the airport. Like they yeah. never make it to outside. It's delightful. Yeah, and like he's trying to drive. Laura has climbed onto the back, and she's trying to grab the wheel. It was obviously a metaphor for how the show, how the two of them are going to fight for control of the detective agency yeah. later which, on. Which also, it's like it's. I can't She's help but think the that the backseat driver. I can't help but think that the motorcycle driving fight between Pierce Brosnan and Michelle Yeoh in Tomorrow Never Dies, the James Bond film, is like directly referencing this. It has to be. There's a scene where Pierce Brosnan and Michelle Yeoh are handcuffed <laughs> together and they climb on a motorcycle and they're like, like he's driving sometimes, she's driving sometimes, and for a while they're each driving one half of the motorcycle, and <laughs> he says something. They crash, when they crash the golf cart, he says to her, well, I guess you really wanted to drive or so. And it's like the same line he says to Michelle Yeoh when they crash the motorcycle later. It's like, I guess you really wanted to drive. Really? Wait, yeah. is the line actually the same? It's like a very similar line. Yeah. It's, All right. I haven't seen that movie in a very a long time. I do back. not remember that scene. So it's just, I, I was like, oh my God, she's in the back seat, but she's still trying to drive. Such an obvious like, and this is what the show's going to be. Anyway, they catch the guy. They, they, they crash into him and he falls into a dumpster. Yeah. Because sure, why not? And he's like, Ugh. anyway, it's, I think, supposed to be the next day or mm-hmm. whatever. And... Laura is arriving in the office, chit-chatting with Miss Fox, saying something to the effect of, you know, he wasn't really a jewel thief. He was just trying to save himself after his, uh, he wanted to sell those jewels so he could make his dream car that nobody wanted to buy. She's very forgiving. Yeah. That this guy 
I was thinking, oh, this whole thing was a charade. Yeah. This whole car thing was all bullshit so he could steal the jewels. But apparently, and maybe that was like a network note. Like, we need to make sure people understand it wasn't all a charade. He, it was a crime of opportunity. Yeah. He stole the jewels to save himself from bankruptcy after nobody wants his car or whatever. Yes. And so Laura was like, allow me to explain that to the audience. Poor guy. A client arrives. It says, I have a nine o'clock appointment with Mr. Steele. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Steele was called away to San Francisco, but we can use his office. And the guy's like, oh, okay. He's fine with it. Walks in and then she's like, he walks in ahead of her and she's saying one more thing to Miss Fox. And she hears him say, oh, hello, Mr. Steele. And she goes, boo, what? And there's Pierce Brosnan sitting behind the desk saying, oh, I thought you were in San Francisco. And he stands up and goes, well, I was, but... I realize there was nothing for me there as he makes eye contact with Laura. And then he turns to the client and says, how can we help you? He, I, I, honestly, he goes and stands next to Laura and says, how can I help you? And I'm like, oh, they missed the perfect opportunity for one last act of solidarity of saying, how can we help you today? Like, it's not just about me here. I'm deferring to her. He does say I, and I was bummed. Because there was that moment when they were in the hotel room together where I think she says, well, all things considered, you didn't make such a bad Remington Steele after all, or something. And he goes, yes, well, if I didn't have things calling me elsewhere, maybe I could be Remington Steele a little longer, or something. It's like, they, ha they he basically says, boy, wouldn't this make a great TV show? <laughs> if I didn't have to go steal some jewels, I'd really stick around and we could have some shenanigans. 80s freeze frame yeah. credits. And that's the recap. Where did the money go? Oh, the, the car guy stole it. Oh no, that wasn't money. Those were gems. <laughs> Jokes. This is the segment where we discuss kind of the budget of the episode or try to figure out if they spent all of their wad on one thing or other. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of like a little bit of inside baseball funsies. Yeah. And this is definitely one of those pilots, mm -hmm. although not a pilot, but it makes even more sense, honestly, um, since they are, were presumably already ordered the series and now this was their big sort of splurging, we're setting up our whole world episode. Yeah. I mean, it was a long one, wasn't it? No, it was only, well, I mean, it was long compared to modern television, but it was only uh, 49 minutes. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure the show itself is a half an hour show in the normal oh, episode. Oh, so this would be a like a double length. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. I forgot to double check it, but they definitely did what a lot of people do with the first episode, and they try to make it a little more cinematic Yeah. while they're setting up this sort of world, right? Mm -hmm. um, they, I'm going to guess that your average day-to-day -day episode doesn't involve quite so many uh, luxurious hotel rooms and banquet galas with dozens of extras and, uh, you know. I would... Maybe? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so... This is... I, I guess the reason I'm not 100% jumping on that is because the show looks fine... But mm -hmm. nothing in this looked particularly expensive. Like even the 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 hotel could have been a location shoot, and then uh, I mean a lot of the stuff could have been standing sets already. That's at true. This the, at the network because this yeah. was a, a um, MS. I totally had the network pulled NBC. up. NBC. This was an NBC show, so I I could see them just kind of having a lot of shared sets during the era. There was Fair nothing enough. like, it wasn't like it was a sci-fi show where it's like, this is the bridge of the starship Brosnan yeah. in well, the Excelsior galaxy. They also did have that car scene, 
mm-hmm. where they're being chased, and that looked practical. That didn't look like um, what do they call it when they uh, rear projection. Yeah, that looked like they actually shot it in a car. Yeah, and definitely what your your note about it looking very cinematic. Like there was a lot of stuff like that where it, it did. It looked a little extra mile for television in the eighties. Yeah. Other than that, I can't point to one thing. I mean, that weird bellhop harem outfit cannot have been cheap. Yeah, I mean, she's the only person, when I said she's the only person who looks 80s, she's the only person who looks like she might be doing monstrous rails of coke right yeah. off right off camera. Just, you know. <laughs> oh, that's where the money went. Hey! <laughs> Moving on to our next segment, which we like to call... Clips and Chips! This is the segment where we like to make a little some predictions for the overall show, but in particular, what we think the season one cliffhanger will be, and if we have any ships or relationships that we'd like to see flourish in the episode. I feel like I would be shocked if there was anything even remotely resembling a season one cliffhanger that wasn't, someone's about to find out the truth about Remington Steele. Like, what could it, what else could it be? Yeah, the- Either that or, like, another person showing up and being like, I'm Remington Steele. And having, like, knowledge of her inner workings. Like, someone else, someone else shows up and she can't disprove that this other person isn't, like, another imposter. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I don't, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't ring for me as like something that would work because they would just say no this guy is everybody has met this guy and knows he's Remington Steele how could somebody else even attempt to what they could have is someone else shows up and threatens to reveal who Pierce Brosnan really is Mm -hmm. because they know things about him and they're like I'm gonna tell everyone I'm Remington Steele or I'll reveal the secrets I guess they could do something like that yeah, I'm just, I, I, I could, I guess what I'm imagining is a situation where their whole tightly oiled operation of pretending he's Remington Steele can't happen anymore. And they have to pretend someone else is Remington Steele, either because that person is an adversary who's got them over a barrel or because someone knows his face for some reason. You know, mm. like he goes and he's like, I'm going to just slide in there smooth as a kook. Oh shit, they know me from before. Yeah. Because this guy's like a globe-trotting like criminal oh, of some description. Yeah, that could I that could be a I could see that being like a single episode. Yeah, yeah where yeah. like they're about to do a con and they're like, "Ooh, I've been made. That guy yeah. knows me from a, a gig in a job in Paris." Yeah, and they actually have to find yet another person to pretend to be yes. Remington Steele. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Yeah. So I'm I could get that for sure. And where I'm seeing it to be like a possible antagonist, like a, a bigger thing, mm-hmm. is that they then spend time having this other guy be Remington Steele and then he doesn't want to give it up. And so that's yeah. where the, okay. that's where the, okay. it's I, not just like a dude out of nowhere being like, no, I, I yeah, that's why I was like, yeah. how could that work? No, I totally am on board yeah. with you now. And they accidentally create a nemesis. Yeah. Especially if this person knows why they have to pretend to be Remington yes. Steele, then that could create quite a lot of drama. Yeah. They can't sure. openly discredit him because he could discredit Pierce Brogdon. That could be a good one. Yeah. It seems like, uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan's character, <laughs> unnamed character, his past has got to come into play. Jimmy Wickets. <laughs> What's weird is I swear I saw him credited as Ben Pearson on IMDb or something. And I thought, huh. oh, apparently that's going to turn out to be his real name or something like that. 
But I was, although I was under the impression they just always call him Remington on the show or right. Steele. Like they never, even when they're alone, they never call him by his real name. Possibly because they don't know his real name. That should be a fun thing where yeah. she's like, look, do I have to keep calling you Remington in private? Why don't you tell me your real name? And he's like, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> it's a very loaded question for yeah. me. <laughs> tell me your real name. This one's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this case, uh, I think she has a right to know who he actually is. So many people think they do. Oh, true enough. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, ships. I, I mean, other than the yeah. will they, won't they of the two of them. Yeah. It seems like it's going to be a will they, won't they, even though I want Murphy to just be an employee who trusts Laura and cares about her as a friend and coworker. Part of me sort of wants him, even though it would be so cliche. I don't know why. Part of me sort of wants him to be like, Laura, I actually really care about you. And this guy is like, I, I don't trust him. And he's not good enough. And like, why are you into this dude? But part of me, the part of me that's pretty sure that character doesn't stick around. Although I could be wrong about that. That's definitely an impression I have that could be wrong. Uh, I don't want to like be too uh, in love with that idea because yeah. I think the show is going to end up being just steel and, and heart, hammer and tongs, but sexily. Salt and pepper. <laughs> sure. Hey, yeah. I want to shoot, shoot, bad, <laughs> it's getting late and we're still recording podcasting. Anyway, let's, let's move on move to on. our next segment, which we like to call What Will This Show? Wow, that sounds just like me. It's incredible. <laughs> Uncanny. I'm a con artist. This is the segment where we just sort of try to envision what the day-to-day -day nuts and bolts of the show will be episode by episode. Yeah, as often the pilot of a show is its own thing. It's spending so much time developing the universe that you actually don't get to see... You don't even hear. The example I always bring up is Lost Girl. There's no hint yeah. that she's going to be a fucking private detective in that first episode. None. None whatsoever. Although, we all watched Angel. We should have seen it coming. Anyway. <laughs> oh, we didn't all watch Angel, though, because it was garbage. I just made a bad life choice. Moving on. I think it's pretty obvious that this is going to be... We're, they're going to have a case every week. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to solve the case while uh, Holt tries to control the company and, like, still be the boss for real, though. Yeah. And while Remington Steele is cheeky and always, maybe, takes on a little more than he's supposed to, but he still respects her and defers to her just enough to keep her yeah. sweet. I have nothing to add to that. I don't know what I was going to say. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> There, there, there's not really a lot set up for in terms of wider world building, which I actually enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's something that with a lot of the shows that you see nowadays, they're just about to give you this, you know, they're like, and this, and there are 16 factions of detectives in the greater Los Angeles area, and yeah. they have detective wars, and you need to pick a side of which detectives you join, because yeah. if you're detecting in the wrong neighborhood, they'll throw old meat pies at you, because <laughs> that, you know, it's like... You better be packing a rod or you'll run into some other dick and, oh boy. Yeah, there's absolutely no hint of anything larger. The only other thing we get that's more specific than the actual relationship between these two people and her business is that, is that her business is not doing super great. Yeah. And the, the, the car guy does imply that he's like, 
Yeah, I was starting to wonder if you even existed, because I thought it was weird. I asked around, you never do interviews, no photos, you know, there's no picture of you on your, uh, you know, uh, at the uh, at your office. I mean, I really was starting to get suspicious, and it's kind of implied that that is a problem that Laura has run into. She's built this successful detective agency using this fake guy's name, but it's gotten to the point where she's so successful... People are starting to think it's weird that this guy never actually shows up. So it's kind of implied that she needs him. Yes. Which I, in my, in the, what we know, I did address, like, I don't know why she puts up with it. And now we see, partially it's because he comes off as a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does defer to her and acknowledge her. He doesn't steamroll over her and go, yes, I'm Remington Steele. Yes. Sit down, young lady, go get me a coffee or anything like that. He's still deferring to her and acknowledging that she's the brains behind the operation. So. Indeed. Yeah, I, I feel like we don't get uh, all that we get that could possibly even be considered world building is that her business is having a little bit of trouble. Yeah. But there's no sort of thing where like, and there's this detective who's on to her or something. There's someone who's suspicious. There's a rival detective agency. Or like a newspaper that, reporter who keeps sniffing Yes, on. yes. None of that, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan is enough. Moving on to our next segment. Pierce Brosnan is Pierce Brosnan is the guy. pretty much addressed all of his that guyness, like, as we've talked about this already. Yeah. I didn't honestly recognize anyone else yeah. in the episode. Um, no. Pretty sure I've never seen Stephanie Zimbalist's face before. I'd, I'd remember that name. I'd remember that name. Uh, nobody else looked familiar. Yeah, we didn't... Uh, didn't get any fun character actors or anything. I'm sure we'll get all sorts of cameos and fun character actors and just 80s TV people throughout the show. But sadly, yeah. none in the pilot. God, I want the never made crossover between this and Moonlighting. Good. God. Everyone involved is still, <laughs> still alive. They could make, they, we could still make that happen. Wow. NBC. Just, we, don't, we don't know about Stephanie Zimbalist. That's, that's true. If Stephanie Zimbalist is still around... This is the reunion show. Netflix, this is the show. This is the show. Call me. We have a pitch. Netflix, Hulu, fight. (laughs) I was thinking, I was imagining the Mortal Kombat music. Yeah, that's what I was trying to sing, and then I couldn't remember what it was. Oh, no. Anyway. Mortal Kombat. Moving on to our final segment. Nope, second to final. Moving on to our second to last segment, which we like to call... I choose you. I, I gotta say Murphy, honestly. He's the one I want to see more. I mean, obviously, Remington Steele, the, the yeah. Pierce Brosnan. But, like, in terms of the the more people. Yeah, I would like to see Murphy get more of a character, too. Because yeah. he just he's, he's just the one who is being a little more... I don't want to say a little more rational, but he's the one who's being a little more wary the whole time. Yeah. But still always deferring to Laura as the boss. So, yeah, I'd like to see Murphy get a little more of a character. I have to say I was a little bit bummed uh, that there is, I think, they switch secretaries at some point and Miss Fox, the foxy Miss Fox, mm-hmm. is replaced by, like, a whimsical old lady character. Oh, well, I mean, I do like Whimsical. Like, is she like the lady in Atlantis Lost Empire? I, I don't think he's coming back there. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen it, right? 
Um, right. I've just heard that one podcast where they described it. I got the impression it was like a little old lady who like occasionally uh, uh, gets into scrapes or something like that because she's like eats a cookie she wasn't supposed to or something oh. like that. Uh, well, anyway, it's I was looking forward. I didn't forward. think the show's casting could be improved, but I stand corrected. Yeah, I I was looking forward to the the adorable old lady secretary and. I'm not surprised they started the show with like three sexy young people being yeah. the business, the company. But uh, so nothing against Miss Fox. She's 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 fine. Yeah. But uh, I think I probably would have ended up picking the little old lady if she was here. Which brings us to final verdict. Did this pilot do the job of a pilot and make you want to watch more? Now technically this isn't a pilot, but did this first episode do the, do job, the job of a pilot? First, first episode and make you as a viewer. Want to watch more? I'm absolutely 100% yes. I am a tentative yes. Like, this is something that I could see myself enjoying more of if I can find it readily available. It'll, yeah, it's tricky to, to get. It'll definitely be a thing for me that if, like, it's constantly like, oh, no, people will find out he's fake. If that's, like, the main source of drama yeah. for this show, I'm less into it than if we can kind of get past that and have this unlikely team... Yeah. Solving oh, crimes. I'm an easy yes for at least an episode or two, but it, it yeah, it kind of depends on what the vibe is. Yeah. I think I'd probably give it at least two episodes, knowing that the second episode was actually the pilot, mm-hmm. and they might not have dialed in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So if, if the first episode was like, he's kind of being a dick to Laura, I would give it a second to be like, yeah. does, does it get better? Um, it, yeah, it would depend on whether it was too too silly with the will they won't they and if it was constantly a threat that people were going to find out who he was or whatever yeah Yeah. it would depend on the tone for sure but like it it just sounds fun and silly there's definitely got to be an episode of this where like he has to like deal with some card hustlers and i want to see that episode oh i would love to see him doing a little more con man yeah whimsical con fuckery you know for sure. Because we we still don't actually know if he's a jewel thief, mm-hmm. a con artist, or other. I, I, my headcanon for him right now is that he's like a thrill-seeking lunatic who just like is like, I'm going to keep like almost stealing these diamonds. Like he's like one of those people who like breaks into other people's houses and doesn't take anything or disturb anything. He just like, I did it. He eats a yogurt from the fridge yeah, and then yep, leaves. Yep, 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 yep. Just to see, I, I did, I took a thing. He's so, that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that would actually work because he does seem sort of like, well, guess, guess I gotta go to where these uh, gems are gonna be next, you know, gotta go to the next town. And it would make sense if he was like on his way to the airport and then goes, or even in San Francisco and then goes, honestly, pretending to be this famous detective and getting to work with that lady and like do fun being a fake person and doing like fun crime stuff sounds actually more fun than the thing i was already doing okay yeah fuck the gems i'm gonna go do that that would make sense if he was only doing pursuing the gems sort of out of excitement rather than actually trying to to steal them or maybe he finally went you know i've tried i've tried to steal these gems like four times they mentioned he several other towns he tried to do it in maybe he was like maybe i've just I'm not the one. <laughs> the one to get these gems. So. But he's the one to play Remington Steel. Indeed. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com, or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future shows. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks to this week's special guest star, CJ, for supporting us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. Audible hopes you've enjoyed this program. <laughs> I'm tired. It's this, late. I'm punchy. This, this podcast was brought to you by Pierce Brosnan's Piercing Blue Brosnan Eyes. <laughs> I, I was just expecting it. Pierce Brosnan's Piercing Blue Brosnan. Not have made nine of these in one day. It is nine thirty. The end. I'm gonna hit the mark on both devices.